like to thank everyone for listening. This is the Five Wide Podcast. I'm your host, Dante Garland. If you're listening now, I would like to encourage you to go follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at the Five Wide Podcast and on Twitter at the Five P. On today's podcast, we got a couple of topics. We're going to be talking about uh, Jawan Howard's hire at uh, U of M, you know, what that means. Uh, we're going to be talking about the debacle known as the Los Angeles Lakers. And then we're also going to be talking about uh, the evolution of my hate for the Warriors. And what started as a love affair has ended in pure hatred. And I can't wait for this team to break up. So hope you guys enjoy. Sit back and listen. Big news broke this week when Jawan Howard was named the head coach of the University of Michigan's basketball team. Um, when I first heard the name being brought up in discussion as far as guys that could get interviewed, I thought, okay, Jawan getting the interview, that's nice. You know, he's gotten a couple of NBA interviews. Um, but I will say that um, I was not really high on Jawan coming back and being the head coach. Um, I heard a couple of names I, that I knew weren't realistic. Um, people were throwing out Brad Stevens. Um, I knew that wasn't realistic. I thought the call should have been made to Billy Donovan. I knew he wouldn't take the job, but I think you could have made that call. I think he knows that he's at the end of his rope in OKC. Um, that debacle, that's going to be a topic on another show. That team, it's time for that team to break up too. But um, I felt like you could have made that call. You could have at least gauged his interest see where it was. Um, but when it got to the final round of interviews and I was hearing the names and I wasn't excited about any of the names, uh, I kind of felt like it was either going to be Yaklich or it was going to be Jawan. And them naming Jawan head coach, um, <laughs> I mean, I really don't have an opinion on it. Like I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. And I will say this, I'm I am not rooting for Jawan to fail. And I think that's a misconception with a, a, a that a lot of people have right now. If you're not high on the hire, then you want Jawan to fail and, and and I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that Coach B brought this program out of the darkness, man. Like <sighs> Amaker Amaker got it to be where it was a respectable job to take. But this job was an awful job when Coach B took the job. The facilities were trash. You weren't getting any money. You weren't going to get any recruits. And that's a, that that's tough. Like especially at a place and then especially then where football dominated the campus. And I I kind of think that football still dominates the campus as far as what people care about. But as far as respectability, I believe that the basketball program has risen above the football program as far as respectability because of Coach B. So when you think about all of those things and what Coach B did to elevate this program, I thought that it was a high-profile job. I think it's one of the 15 best jobs in America. And when you come to me and ask me, um, you know, who do I want, I'm going to give you somebody that, you know, 
that that warrants a job like that. So, um, it being so late in the process, there was nothing else that U of M could have done. And a lot of people are down on Jawan because of his resume, and I can understand that. Um, NBA life and college life is totally different. Um, that's one of the number one reasons I think Coach B left is because he sees the evolution of college basketball, especially when one and dones. Um, he doesn't want to deal with that anymore. He doesn't want to deal with the rotating roster. Um, he just wants to coach basketball, man. And, and honestly, one of the best teachers in America gets to coach 82 games a year, doesn't have to recruit, uh, you know, doesn't have to deal with the politics, uh, gets to stay in five-star hotels, eat five-star meals, not deal with, um, you know, 18-year-old kids, 19-year-old kids. Uh, and Coach B, you know, used to recruit international kids. So this guy's going overseas, uh, you know, probably about four or five times a year just to recruit one or two kids. That's a lot, man. That's a lot for a 66-year-old. So um, Jawan never being in that situation, never being a head coach in college basketball, uh, it makes me wonder if he is ready for, for this job. And make no mistake about it, this is a premium job in the NCAA. And he is going to be tested right from the beginning. Um, I'm tired of Jalen, man. Jalen's got to shut up. You know, Jalen this morning said, uh, if anybody doesn't know who I'm talking about, I'm talking about Jalen Rose, uh, teammate of Jawan Howard, famous Fab Five teams. Um, Jalen said this morning on ESPN, that Jawan can um, turn around his program. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, turn around the program. Coach B went to two national titles. Like, one that they should have won in Louisville. I still wake up having nightmares about that phantom-ass foul call on Trey Burt. Um, but, you know, two national title games, multiple first-round picks, Guys that are still playing. Stauskas is still in the league. This guy's played for like eight teams. He's still in the league, though. So he had multiple first-round picks. Um, a couple of those guys, lottery picks. I mean, Coach B did things the right way. Didn't get it, you know, didn't recruit dirty. Uh, recruited his type of kids. Um, I, I just don't understand what Jalen means by turning the program around. And I, I kind of think it was a poor choice of words. I kind of think what Jalen means is he wants to see them on a Duke level. He wants to see them on a North Carolina level. Um, he wants to see them get McDonald's All-American type kids. Um, and, and everybody's comparing this hire, at least that I've seen, to Memphis hiring Penny Hardaway. That's a totally different situation to me. Um, Penny coached multiple years in the AAU circuit. He knows those kids. That's the reason that he's getting these kids. And, and it's going to be like that in these first couple of cycles. They know Penny. Um, these kids don't know Juwan. They know of Juwan. And, you know, the best thing that Juwan's got going for him right now is uh, Bron coming out in support, uh, D-Wade coming out in support, Spolstra, Pat Riley coming out in support. Um, because that means that he has a foundation of people that do know what he's capable of. And I think the more eyes on the program, which, you know, I, I did not think his hire would do that. But just yesterday when the news broke, seeing that many eyes 
be on the basketball program for a hire was pretty telling. I, I thought that um, it got way more coverage than I thought it would uh, as far as nationally. And it was a little bit of excitement brought to that. Um, I'm going to say because of Jawan's resume, you know, only being an assistant coach in the NBA for six years, not even being the head assistant for the Heat, uh, I'm gonna tailor my expectations, man. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say he's gonna be awful. I'm not gonna say he's gonna be good. It's just because I don't have the facts to sit up here and tell you whether or not he is gonna be a great or terrible uh, college basketball coach. There are no facts. You are guessing. For people saying that he will fail because he hasn't done it before, you are guessing. For people that are telling me that he's gonna be able to recruit 16, 17, 18 year old kids when he's never done it before. That's guessing. So I'm just going to tailor my expectations. I'm in wait and see mode. Um, I can't wait to see them play. Um, and, and I can't wait to see him coach, man. I think, I think you know, those first couple of games in Chrysler are going to be live. Like, it's, it, it, it's going to be electric in there. And I think if uh, they play up to... Um, what their standards are going to be, that is going to be fun. Now, starting off this first year, it's going to be tough, man. You know, you, you lose three kids to the NBA. You lose your coach uh, in May, almost June. Like, that's a tough situation for Jawan to step into. And so this first year, I really don't see everything being that good. But his first full recruiting class um, is going to be telling. I think the first thing that he has to do in this recruiting class is get Jalen Wilson back. And then that second recruiting class, that's going to be it. That's going to be, that's going to tell us whether or not uh, Jawan can elevate this program. This program is not in bad standings. Uh, Coach B left this program way better than what he found it. Um, but I think for this program to be elevated, you're going to have to get a certain type of kid. And the only way you get those certain type of kids is you're a great recruiter or you're a cheater. I can tell you right now, cheating's not going to be tolerated. They've already done that. They've been there, done that. They've walked those halls. They've been punished for it. They've punished themselves for it. Um, and Jawan's not that type of guy. Like, they're going to do things on the up and up. So if he's not winning because he can't recruit, it's because he's not cheating. Um, now, if he's able to recruit and they can't win, then he can't coach. And I think that's going to be, you know, what we're asking ourselves in uh, a year or two on what, whether or not um, Jawan's a great coach or not. <sighs> man, man, oh, man, oh, man. I really don't want to talk about the Lakers. <sighs> For, you know... Maybe like the last six months, man. This team has just ripped my soul out. I can't. But it's something that I've been wanting to talk about for a while now. So let's just get into it. Um, when Magic and Rob was first hired, you know, I was one of the guys that was on board. I was like, thank God Jeannie knows what she's doing. She's putting basketball guys in charge. Everybody knows who Magic is. For people who don't know who Rob Palenka is, uh, Rob was a longtime uh, NBA agent. Um, he was 
most notifiably the agent of Kobe. So he had relations with Jeannie. Jeannie's known Rob for a long time. Uh, apparently, I just learned that it wasn't even Magic's decision for Rob to be the GM. That's that's news to me. Um, and that introductory press conference, I would have thought that they was best friends. So, you know, whatever. Like, <laughs> uh, let's just start. I'm gonna I'm gonna just start from the beginning. So, you could automatically see in their first couple of conversations they had a motive. Their motive was always to get a player, which was last summer, the summer that they signed LeBron. That was always their motive was to free up cap space, get younger, build this roster, and uh, acquire a superstar. So this roster was not good when they found it. And, and you can sit here and you can try to pick apart this roster today and say that it's not good. That's fine. This roster uh, was not good when they took over. Um, and it's coming from an avid Lakers fan, a guy who at the time had a job where I could stay up at 10 o'clock at night and watch a Lakers tip um, and multiple times watch these guys and watch the whole game and just said, I have no clue how we're going to get out of this. Uh, multiple bad contracts, Lou Aldang, Mozgov, uh, mult We had like 50 guards. We had Jordan Clarkson. We had Lou Will, um, uh, D'Angelo Russell, um, Ingram's. Rookie year was god-awful. Um, so just looking at the team, the outside lens, when they got it, was not good. Uh, so Magic and Rob come in immediately, immediately. They make a trade, right? So after the – they wait a couple of weeks. Um, right before trade deadline, we trade Lou Williams, to the Rockets and the Rockets were Rockets were going for a title. This is the year Harden won, won MVP. So um let me fact check that. Harden did win MVP in 2017 no, 2016-2017 season. Uh who won MVP? Oh, Russ won MVP. Sorry. Who was in second? Harden was in second. Got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I thought. Um, so Harden was averaging 29, 8, and 11. Only lost to Russ because Russ had 31, 10, and 10 that he was averaging. So, but the Rockets were going for a title. Um, so we trade Lou Will for a first. That first ends up becoming Josh Hart. Josh Hart had a great rookie season. Second year, we're going to get into the second year. Um, Days before the draft, right? They trade Mozgov and D'Angelo Russell for a first. So you free up space by getting rid of Mozgov. You have to attach D. Russell to that. That pick ends up becoming Kuz. Now, you can talk about what D. Russell has become, but at the time and that first year, you know, Kuz's rookie year, that's an even trade-off. You got rid of money for an even trade-off. You got rid of a score to get a score, and you got rid of a contract. Um, year two, that looks like a bad deal. But like I said, they were freeing money for the summer of 18. So those are two good deals 
so far. We're freeing money for the summer of 18. Right? You draft Lonzo Ball. You draft Hart. You draft Kuz. And we don't look so bad. Right? So those three played their rookie years. Uh, Zoe is abysmal. Abysmal the first 20 games of shooting. Shot like 18% from three. His next 20, next 20 games, shoots 45% from three. Brings up his average. Boom, gets hurt. You could tell. I did not watch one single game that did not have lines of wall in it. I, I tried to watch two. You could just tell that the pace of the game and the way that we played was totally different without Zoe. And there are going to be people that tell me that he is awful. He can't shoot. Um, he's not an NBA player. If you tell me that you have never watched a single Lakers game that he has played in because their style of play with him is totally different than their style of play without him. You can ask LeBron. LeBron will tell you that he is a valuable NBA point guard. Now, I went back in that draft to try to see and try to pick it apart and and, and try to see who I would rather have at two. And I could not do it. I, I literally tried. Everybody had a better rookie year than him. We're not going to argue that. We're not going to argue that everybody had a better rookie year than him. But let's just, we're going to go through the top 10. Markel Fultz. Bum. I, and I had people telling me that he was better than Zoe. Bum. Two. Zoe. Okay. Three. Tatum. You go and you look at tape from Tatum's rookie year to Tatum this year, that's not the same player. And I'm going to tell you that's probably mostly from Kyrie. You know, Kyrie being hurt most of the year and him having to be what he was without Kyrie in the lineup last year. Um, this is a team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals and pushed us, the Cavs to seven games off his back, off of him and Terry Rozier's back. And that was not the same kid this year. Um, so if you're asking me, would I rather have him than Zoe? Sure, I'd rather have rookie or Jason Tatum. Four, Josh Jackson. <laughs> Josh. <laughs> Five, De'Aaron Fox, probably the best player in this draft. You want to go back? And you want to take De'Aaron Fox over Zoe? I won't argue it. His rookie year was not what he was this year. This year, he took his game from B to A. Like, that's that's the second-year jump you want to see in a player. Um, I think De'Aaron Fox probably will end up being the best player in this draft when it's all said and done. Jonathan Isaac? No. Lori Markkinen? No. Not taking him over Zoe. Frank... Frank, I can never say Frank's last name. Natila Keeney, uh, famous Phil Jackson pick. No. Dennis Smith Jr., rookie year Dennis? Sure. Last year Dennis? No. And Zach Collins. Zach Collins uh, played his ass off this year, man. Um, Portland really needed him down the stretch. He showed up. Um, but I'm still going to say no. I'm still taking. So the only person I'm not taking over Zoe in the top 10 of that draft is De'Aaron Fox. So you could say it's a bad pick. I could care less. Um, but 
that that class's rookie year, Zoe Kuzhart, a 35-win team, Julius Randle played his way into another contract. We're going to get to that. Uh, Brooke Lopez played his way to another contract. We're going to get to that. Um, I was really, 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 really excited, man, about this team and about the summer 18. And, and who we could possibly get. Now, all year, all year it was Paul George. That's what the talks were. We're going to get Paul George. Paul George wants to be a Laker. Uh, Paul George starts the season with the Pacers. Reports come out. Paul George doesn't want Lakers to trade young youth. Wants, wants to play with uh, youth in L.A. So then he gets traded to OKC. And then all of a sudden it's, oh, well, Paul George doesn't want to play with LeBron because now the LeBron talks have hyped. Le- no, he doesn't want to play with LeBron. Um, doesn't want to be LeBron's scapegoat. Okay. So real Lakers fans, we all had a discussion. I know I had a discussion. Uh, I brought it to, you know, platforms that I'm on and forums that I'm on a couple of times and saying, You're asking me with that roster, that cap money, who I would rather have. Not for basketball purposes. Um, Well, for basketball purposes and, you know, just moving moving the team forward in the future. Would I rather have LeBron or would I rather have Paul George? And my answer was not – my answer was Paul George. And I'm going to tell you why. I would rather have had Paul George because it would have been easier to recruit another star player to come and play with Paul George and that youth and that cap space, right? You would have instantly been able to fit Paul George in into a lineup with Zoe, with Brandon Ingram, with Kuz, right? You let Kuz or Paul play the four. There are there, there are no fours anymore, man. People kill me with this, oh, well, he can't play there. It's positionless basketball, man. Draymond Green plays center half the time for the Warriors. He's 6'8". Like, you don't... There are no positions anymore in basketball. Stop with that. So, you know, people telling me that, um, you know, he couldn't have come here and played the four. Whatever, man. Kuz can't play the four. He's not aggressive enough. All right. So my thing always was he would be easier to package when it's time to go get someone else. Because the plan was never for one guy, right? You had enough money for two. When you decided, let's get on this. When you decided not to re-sign Julius Randle and Brooke Lopez, then you made the statement that we're in this thing for two. We're going to get two. We're, we're going to sign someone this summer and next summer, right? Who's the only guy that's going to listen to a pitch, going to listen to a real pitch this summer? Kawhi Leonard, right? That's probably the only guy. Katie's not listening to pitches, man. Katie, Katie is going to the Knicks. It's already been decided. Katie's known for three months that he's going to the Knicks, right? So no other superstar is listening to pitches. 
this summer, right? Maybe, maybe Clay, maybe Clay. And I I always said that if KD leaves, Clay stays because Clay gets to get paid. But maybe Clay. So you're gonna get two guys to have a conversation with Kawhi and Clay, right? Do you think any of either of those two dudes wants to play with Brian? I wait. No, the answer is no. And it's because of what Brian commands, man. Brian, you will always it will always be your fault. It's the reason Kyrie is a child, but Kyrie wanted out. For those reasons. Kyrie didn't want to be stuck in Cleveland when Braun left. Because if he didn't win, oh, he would nobody was paying him. Nobody was paying him if he didn't win without Braun. Because it would all be put on him. It would all be his fault. He wouldn't be able to control his narrative. And so he he wanted to get out before Braun did. Right? But Paul George didn't want to come and play with Braun because he didn't want that narrative, right? And people say, oh, well, he plays with Russ. What, what? Russ gets all the blame when they lose. Why? Because he takes 40 shots. Like, so let's say it's uh, game six and Bron took 40 shots. He probably ended up with about 40 points. Probably ended up with close to a triple-double. And they lost. Whoever the number two is on that team is getting looked at. When Russ takes 40 shots, Russ gets blamed for them losing that game. Hence game seven. What do you take? Like 53? Yeah, 53 shots like insane, bro. But it's just a different it's just a different type of environment. Right? It's harder to pitch somebody like it's gonna be hard for them to pitch Kawhi to come and play with Braun. And if he does it, then good for him, so be it. But I I just don't see that happening. Um, This team is a mess, man. Like, then you got all this stuff with with Magic and coming out and saying that um, he was backstabbed by Rob. Who cares, man? Shut up. Shut up. This team was doomed for disaster when you didn't resign Julius Randle for $8 million for two years. That's what he got. $8 million for two years. I saw the writing on the wall, man. As soon as we signed Brian, I said, all right, now nah, this is going to gonna tell us a lot. You didn't resign Brooke Lopez, who was the perfect five to play with Brian. Look at Brooke Lopez with Giannis. Look what he's doing in Milwaukee. The perfect center to play with Brian. You didn't even call him. You didn't even ask him back. Probably one of your better locker room leaders last year for a young team. Probably one of your better players last year on a young team. You didn't even think to add him back. On a team that has no shooting. A team that has no shooting. You didn't even bring him back. You didn't bring back Julius Randle, who probably could have played center for this team. No, we'll go get JaVale McGee. Yeah, that makes sense. Immediately after signing Bron, you signed Rondo, you signed Lance, 
you signed JaVale McGee. And I said, what the hell? This They've lost their mind. They signed Bron and they lost their mind. They absolutely lost their mind after they signed him. They did not know what to do. They panicked. I got Magic telling me, oh, we're going to take a different stance than everybody else. Oh, no, just the whole league is, you know, uh, you know, spacing the floor out and, you know, playing with shooters everywhere. No, 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 no. We're going to stop everybody. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's going to be our stance. We're going to run in the open floor, and then when we can, we're going to slow it down. And then defensively, we're just going to, you know, be a nuisance to everybody. All right, man. I, 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 I was not I, – I, I thought that this team could be a 50-win team. I did. But in the West, that's not saying anything, right? I thought that was a four to five seed team. Like, that, that's a middle-of-the-road team. They weren't even that good. They were 20 and 14 when Bron got hurt. They were probably going to be a 500 team. They were probably going to end up being a seven seed. You would have got smoked in the first round. And it's like, honestly, I'm glad they did what they did. I'm glad he taught. They were 20 and 14. They lost a couple of games. Then all of a sudden you start hearing rumblings that he don't like playing for Luke. He's sitting on his sitting on his couch watching us play, drinking wine, torpedoes the season, sending out these texts. Got Rich Paul, his minions sending out these texts to everybody saying that he don't like Luke Walton. Like Just fire Luke Walton in, man. Not even Luke's fault. This season wasn't even Luke's fault, right? It's Magic and Rob's fault. From the beginning, it was Magic and Rob's fault. And they did nothing to fix it. They didn't make any trades, any notable trades. They didn't make any, they didn't fire anybody. It was frustrating as hell. Now this team sits at with the fourth. I have no clue what the hell they're going to do with this fourth pick. If they're actually going to draft somebody, if they're going to package it. They're talking about packaging it for Bradley Bill. Sure, man. Sure. I have no, I have no, no hopes. I don't care, man. I, I really don't. Like at this point, just win a damn playoff game. Just get to the playoffs. How about that? You're not getting Anthony Davis. Miss Benson just came out and said she would rather croak than send Anthony Davis to the Lakers. So you can kiss that goodbye. You want Bradley Bill? Sure, go get him. Right. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you, you Lakers fan, I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen. They're gonna end up maxing out Kimball Walker. <laughs> That's a, <laughs> you wanted your max player. There you go. I tell you, black black not playing. Black is not paying Kimball Walker. Uh, by black, I mean Michael Jordan. You out of your rabbit mind if you think Michael Jordan is paying Kimball Walker $35 million a year to play on his basketball team. That's like the last type of money that Mike made. You think that he's about to pay Kimball Walker that type of money for not getting him to the playoffs. Nah, you can kiss that goodbye. Kimball's, Kimball's about to be a free agent. So, I mean... Well, what's my expectations for next year with Frank Vogel as a coach, with petty ass J Kid as a assistant coach, with Rob as the acting VP of Ops, with Daenerys as the owner? I got no clue, man. I I got I got no clue. Bron's just you know he's probably somewhere. He probably don't even give a damn. He's somewhere on set drinking vino, filming Space Jam too. He could give a. <laughs> he could care less. He he just here to play basketball, man. 
we got one year left of his prime. He'll probably blow his knee out next year. And that'd be it. This'll all be for nothing. All these years of tanking, all these trash years that I had to deal with will be for nothing. So I'm going to sit back and I'm going to watch this debacle known as the Los, Los Angeles Lakers and and we're going to see what's going to happen. But the draft should be interesting. Free agency should be interesting. I don't foresee us getting Kawhi Leonard. I don't even see us using that pick. We're probably going to package it for somebody. So I have nothing to look forward to. So good riddance. All right, so we're going to talk about my evolution of hate for the Warriors. And and not so much my hate for the Warriors, but uh, we're going to say the evolution of my hate for KD and the Warriors, right? Like David Ruffin and the Temptations, KD and the Warriors. This team was so fun to watch in that first title run, man, you know, it happened organically. We watched this team grow from the Mark Jackson teams with the same nucleus to just adding Steve Kerr and letting them play free and winning a title, right? Steph turned himself into a question from a question into the best player in the league. Clay turned himself from a good role player to one of the best two way players in the league. Same with Dre, turning himself into one of the best defenders in the league. So I think it was a, a big, big love affair with everybody when they won that first title. Uh, me being a Lakers fan, I, my stance is always I like to watch them play. I like the way they play, which is why I was so happy about hiring Luke Walton because I said, I want to play that way. Um. Never really openly rooted for them, but just liked to watch them play. I thought their style of play was great. So them coming back in the 73-9 and nine year and Steph now solidifying himself as maybe the best shooter I've ever seen in my life. Um, them breaking the Bulls record. You know, I, I wasn't, you know, we were kids when... You know, I was a child when 72 and 10 happened for the Bulls. I, I, I wasn't in that moment. Um, so actually seeing a team be able to beat that, that was crazy. And seeing the way they did do it was nuts. And them losing in the finals must have destroyed them. Right? Now let's slide over to KD for a second. KD leaving Oklahoma City, being up 3-1 in the Western Conference Finals on st statistically the best team in NBA history to join that team, to join that team, pissed me off so much pissed me off so much to this day I still hate it and it organically turned my love affair for watching that team play into hate because I thought it was total garbage I just thought it was garbage I thought it was a cop-out from everybody I thought it was a cop-out from 
Steph Clay and Dre admit, admitting that they didn't think that they could beat Cleveland without another player. And I thought it was a cop-off from KD leaving OKC when you literally were just one more game away from beating this team that you just joined. I hated it all around. So then you get his first year in OKC. And you get KD and the fake Twitter and him defending himself for leaving OKC. Um, defending himself for joining the Warriors. Like, dude, you are a clown. You're a clown. Like, what are you doing? Stop. Right? So, just watching this team win two straight titles... Watching KD be the alpha of this team after this team was built so beautifully the right way. And now I got to watch these guys win three straight titles. And you guys do not know how happy I am that he's leaving. I'm so happy that he he's not going back to Golden State. Because... I cannot wait till this team is past its prime without him and then they can't win a title and then their legacy is questioned because they did that to themselves. So next year, when they lose in the Western Conference Finals to, I don't know, let's just say they ain't losing to Houston. I don't care who they lose to. Let's say they lose somebody in uh, Portland in the Western Conference Finals next year. When this team loses to Portland in the Western Conference Finals next year, and their legacy starts to get questioned, like, did they really need KD? I'm going to laugh. Because they brought that upon themselves. That nucleus, that group brought that upon themselves. Right? Or, if they lose KD, and they lose Clay. <laughs> oh, man, I might pop a bottle. I might pop a bottle. But what I'm more excited to see is KD actually go to New York. And deal with that media there. This guy's been arguing with Chris Broussard the last couple of days on Twitter. Like, dude, you are the best player on the planet. Put down your phone. Stop it. Like, so he's going to try to go play for the Knicks. The Knicks, who are awful, have the worst ownership in the NBA next to the Suns. He's going to go try to play for the Knicks and that market with that media. And I'm ready to see that blow up. Oh, and please let him play with Kyrie. Please let him play with Kyrie. You might as well go back to OKC and play with Russ. At least Russ going to have your back. Kyrie going to throw you under the bus. If, if anybody is excited for this team to win three straight championships, four overall, I question... I question what what you value in sports. What do you value in sports? Because I'm ready to see these dudes lose. And I know they won't lose to the Bucks, and I know they won't lose to the Raptors. But damn, it would be so good to send them out with a loss. To end this dynasty not winning a championship. That would be great. And as a Lakers fan, like I said, I might pop a bottle get a cigar, anything to 
celebrate that moment in high fashion. I might do it. Once again, I'd like to thank you guys for listening. Um, as you probably tell by the, the profile picture and the cover photo, um, slight rebrand. You know, a couple people reached out to me, um, you know, telling me that they wanted me to talk about multiple topics. And um, <clears throat> I was kind of sick for a little bit, couldn't really do the pod. And, you know, a lot of things were coming out that I, you know, wanted to talk about that was away from college football. And, um, you know, I, I just felt like I could make the platform a little bit bigger than, than what I was doing or what it initially was going to be. Um, I really didn't think that anybody was going to give a damn about what I was doing. So that was encouraging to even get feedback on, uh, you know, people reaching out and saying that they wanted my opinion on other things. So, um, you know, I, I just sat back and thought about it and, and, you know, I had my, I have a lot of opinions. I like to hear myself talk. So, you know, we decided to go ahead and do a slight rebrand to the pod. Uh, we're going to be talking about a multitude of things, as you can tell from today's pod. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed it. Once again, go follow us on, on all your platforms. Uh, still same name, 5Y Podcast. Um, I'm going to try to get a couple of these out. Uh, make up for lost time. Um, like I said on, on Facebook, man, and I, I think I put it on Twitter too. You got something you want, you want uh, out there, like uh, people, people got companies, parties, you know, anything like that. Uh, let me know. Um, you know, I will get that information out there for people to search. Um, we're all here to help each other. Um, I just appreciate you guys listening to me, man, and, and I hope I'm doing a good job. Uh, hit me up on one of the platforms, man. Let me know you got something you want me to talk about, and uh, I'll try to get it on the show. Um, thank you guys for listening once again. This is Dante. I'm out.